speaker just before lunch is Laura Toos. Laura is a legal officer at the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. She commenced employment with us in 2010 and has worked here as a legal officer since her admission as a solicitor in 2012. Her role involves providing legal advice and representation to members in a range of forums as they relate to the professional conduct, including the New South Wales State Coroner's Court, Healthcare Complaints Commission to the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal, and the Nursing and Midwifery Council of New South Wales. Laura provides advice to members in relation to registration with the NMBA and works on policy development and submissions on behalf of the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association. Laura is currently completing a Masters of Health Law at the University of Sydney, and yesterday she told me that she is a home birth baby. say a proud home birth baby. I'm not quite sure how my mother did it, but she did. Um, thank you for um, having me speak today, Amy. And um, what I want to talk to you today is about um, internationally qualified midwives. So in 2013, the NMBA changed their approach with assessing the qualifications of midwives and nurses as well who come from overseas um, to work in Australia. And this has created quite a lot of problems for people. We don't see a lot of those problems because a lot of the people who are being refused registration aren't our members, but occasionally we do get someone who slips through as a member and they contact us and, and ask us for help um, in managing their relationship with the NMBA. And I was going to be worried about saying something sort of slightly negative, but then Hannah's just <laughs> run with that, so I don't feel so bad now. Um, so the way that um, all of you are eligible for registration as a midwife is because of the national law. And the national law, which um, was enacted in 2010, is a state-based, uh, piece of state-based legislation that is mirrored around the country to give us national registration. So the section of the national law that looks at eligibility for registration is section 52. And I've just got up here, I hope you guys can all read it. Um, but I've just, this is just a, a brief summary and, and mostly as it relates to internationally qualified applicants. But um, it's that you've got to be qualified for general registration in the profession and also that you've got to meet the registration standards for the profession. Now, I'll just say quickly, the registration standards as they relate to internationally qualified applicants are primarily the recency of practice registration standard and the English language registration standard. But what I'm going to talk to you today is about the qualifications for general registration. And I'm going to talk to you about this in the context of an appeal that we ran uh, two years ago on behalf of a French midwife who ultimately was able to get registration, uh, but not without a, a massive fight. So in order to be eligible for registration, section 53 of the national law says that you've got to hold an approved qualification in the profession that you're applying for registration in. Um, now, that's something that would be an approved qualification by the NMBA, so on their list of you know, grad dips and um, bachelor of midwifery uh, programs that they approve. Now, none of these overseas um, midwives are going to have those qualifications, so we sort of get rid of those straight away. The next thing we go and look at is, do they have a qualification that is substantially equivalent to one of the currently approved qualifications? Um, and that's, in, in order to determine that, the NMBA have developed a framework. They've got a separate framework for nursing and a, um, to midwifery, but they've got a framework that they use to try and um, basically compare someone's qualification with one of their approved qualifications. Um, if they don't meet that, what they should be doing is going, well, it was their qualification based on similar competencies to one of our currently approved qualifications. Uh, however, they have no framework for that 
by their own admission. So they just can't consider that really. Um, the other option is that if they hold a qualification that is relevant to the profession, so not substantially equivalent, not based on similar competencies, but relevant to the profession um, in which they're seeking registration in, um, and they complete an examination or assessment, then they'll be eligible for registration. So this comes in sometimes when they're looking at people with recency of practice issues, but it's also for nurses the overseas, these are people who are entering via sort of the bridging program avenue. Now, as some of you may know, there is no assessment for midwives in Australia. So this is not an option. The most recent one, there was one in the ACT, but I don't think they're actually running that anymore and you had to be a resident of the ACT. So if we've got someone coming from overseas and they go, well, look, I've got a qualification and you've said it's not substantially equivalent, you haven't, based, you haven't assessed it for similar competencies, test me and they can't do it because they just don't have any program that exists in, in order to do that. So what do they do? As I said, the first thing is, is assessing substantial equivalence. Now, you probably can't read this because they've got it in grey and it was very difficult to make it readable from their, uh, legible from their website. But basically what they've developed is they've got eight criteria, criteria in which they look at they look at your qualification that you've got and they basically say, does it meet these particular things? And I'll run through because I can't particularly see it from here. But so the first one is that, you know, that the qualification um, makes you eligible for registration um, in the country that you're coming from, basically, or the country that you completed the qualification in. Um, and that's usually pretty straightforward. The second is that you had the institute where you studied was externally accredited at the time you completed your qualification. The third is that the program of study was externally accredited at the time, usually by someone else they want, at the time you completed your qualification. The fourth is that it's a comparable um, educational level so that it's on the Australian qualifications framework, you know, is it at the same level of one of our, as one of our qualifications? Um, the fifth relates to pro professional practice experience requirements. Um, so they want to make sure they've got a certain amount of clinical hours, that you've had um, a certain number of continuity care experiences within your qualification. So um, from there they then look at, they get into more detail and I'll skip to the next page because it's got this detail on, not that I imagine most of you can read it, but what they're looking at is the content of the course and they're comparing the curriculum and they're looking at whether or not it's focused on contemporary midwifery practice. Is the curriculum of study based on the ICM definition of a midwife? Um, they then look whether or not you've successfully completed that program of study, which you know you should that should go without saying, and you, that you've got a qualification. And then they're looking at pharmacology. So it's quite a, a convoluted uh, framework that they've got, and often it's trying to put a square peg into a round hole because we've got to acknowledge that other countries' educational systems are different, and they're not going to fit our systems. It doesn't make them better, you know, or worse, hopefully, but. We can't be looking at all of these countries and going, oh yeah, well, we just need to make sure that all of their documents say all of these things exactly the same way that ours do. It just won't work. And it's going to lead to a reduction, and I believe it already has, in actually um, having experienced internationally qualified midwives register in Australia. So, my appeal. I had a... Um, a midwife who was working as an assistant in midwifery and she trained in France. In, um, she finished her 
state diploma of midwifery, which is what was called over there, which was an equivalent of a Bachelor of Midwifery in 2005. And she worked um, in Paris from 2005 to 2009. That the French are tough. Like she had to do a thesis as part of her undergraduate qualification. Um, and it's four years, not three years. So it's, in my mind, this is you know, well and truly over and above. But the NMBA didn't want to give her registration. And the reason for that was because in 2013, the NMBA received some legal advice that they'd been using a combination of someone's qualification and experience to determine whether or not they were eligible for, for registration. And their lawyers, they always blame lawyers, just, anyway, their lawyers said that they couldn't do that anymore. It had to be just qualification based. So it didn't matter if you'd been practicing for 30 years, that just doesn't count. You could be a, you know, an educator, it doesn't count. You've, it's all about your initial qualifying qualification. So they then decided that they had a, they used to have a different framework which had that experience part in and they, they pulled it and they said, look, we can't use it anymore um, because it's got that experience bit in it. We don't have another one. We haven't developed it. So if someone applies in this sort of period where we've got no framework for assessing, they'll just have to wait until we've got one and then we'll just apply the new one to it. Really fair, um, particularly when you've got someone who's been preparing for a number of years to pass their IELTS and... Um, you know, get all their documentation, contact the university and try and get curriculums from 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden they apply and they go, oh, look, we can't decide your matter yet because we don't actually have any framework. And when we do decide, we'll let you know. So she applied on the 25th of November, 2013. The new framework wasn't in place until the 10th of February, 2014. Um, and she then, a number of months after that, received the refusal, um, the final refusal to register her. And she just went off and lodged an appeal with NCAT and then got in touch with us. So she'd done some of the hard work for me. She, her, the basis of her, her um, she just argued that it was essentially that it was unfair, that she'd practiced, that she was qualified and that she shouldn't be treated unfairly just because she was from another um, jurisdiction. Well, what did the NMBA say? Well, the NMBA said that she didn't have institutional accreditation. So the university where she studied um, in France had was evaluated by an external council for evaluation, but it wasn't accredited and that they're totally different things and so there was no comparison. So she doesn't meet that, so all of a sudden she's, she's off. And um, she then they then said that she, the program of study, not externally accredited either, because they have a public health code and a French code and it just doesn't sound anything like ours, so no, she didn't get up on that. They then said that she had to, that she didn't meet the continuity of care um, experience requirement as part of her qualification. Now in France, they don't have that. And she, part of the, the appeal in being in Australia was the ability to work in a system that offers continuity of care. But they just don't have it in France. They don't teach it. It doesn't exist in the health system really. So she, there was nothing she could do about that. Um, and they then said that her state diploma of midwifery, there was no evidence that it focused on contemporary midwifery practice. Uh, <laughs> obviously, historical midwifery practice, that's what they were doing. Um, and so they also said that despite there being evidence of 51 hours of pharmacology education, that there was no evidence to show the theory and applied clinical practice in the administration of medications. Because she'd given them her curriculum, she'd given them the subject list, and we'd had it all translated from French into English, but they just said no. So we, we appealed and we provided some further documents, and in the end, they rolled. 
and how did they register her? They registered her under a section of the national law which basically says, look, if you don't meet any of those other qualification conditions, we can just give you registration with conditions. And that's what we were after from the get-go, really. So we were very happy with the outcome that we didn't have to run it to a tribunal. But they're not being as friendly anymore and they're really digging their feet in at the moment with this framework and how they apply it. So there's a problem here and the NMBA know this and they're moving now to a um, system of testing, hopefully, that they're tendering for at the moment, but it could be a number of years before that is in place. Um, and as for my midwife, she was offered registration finally on the 29th of December 2015, so um, nearly 15 months after she'd applied. And the following, in February this year, she submitted 500 pages of evidence of completion of her supervised practice to the NMBA and they removed all her conditions. So it was a success in the end, but it just shows that for people who want to come here from overseas, the barriers are huge. Um, and that's my presentation. And I think it's lunchtime, so thank you.